you take a look at the patients that were fully vaccinated and ended up getting breakthrough COVID and getting hospitalized, 44% of that group were immunocompromised. So this was a great culmination of taking a look at the lab values and what the science was telling us, along with what was happening with real world evidence. They were able to surmise that these patients should receive a third dose. Welcome to 20-Minute Health Talk. I'm your host, Rob Hoyle. Today, our special guest is Dr. Onisa Steffes. He's the Chief Pharmacy Officer for Northwell Health. The FDA on August 13th issued an amendment to the emergency use authorization for both Pfizer and Moderna, allowing for the use of a third dose of the mRNA vaccines for certain immunocompromised individuals. And with further guidance now available from the CDC, health systems and other vaccination sites are beginning to administer these much needed vaccines. Dr. Steffes, thanks so much for being here. We've been hearing about this, but now it's here. Tell us who is going to be eligible for this third booster shot. Great. Thank you very much, Rob. And thanks for having me here today. So, so it's very interesting. When I think about the third dose for the immunocompromised patients, I really don't think about it personally as a booster. Um, you know, there's a multitude of different reasons why the immunocompromised patient, um, you know, may require a, a third dose. First and foremost, when you look at immunocompromised patients, there are patients that um, have a weakened immune system. So with that, uh, in the event that they do get COVID, they're going to have poorer outcomes than a healthier patient. In addition, if you're immunocompromised, you may not uh, be able to mount uh, an adequate immune response to the vaccine itself. So people that are immunocompromised tend not to have as good as coverage of the vaccine as opposed to a healthier person as well. So those are, are the two main reasons why I think that the um, FDA and the CDC focused on this specific population. Most people are calling this a booster shot, but it's really just a third shot. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I would consider it a third dose, and I would even consider it being almost like a three-dose regimen for immunocompromised patients. When I think about boosters, I think about people that got a full uh, immunologic response to the vaccine and therefore need another one over time because uh, that immunity may be uh, decreasing over time. In the instance of the immunocompromised, it's they're going to get uh, the two-dose regimen, and then another or a third dose 28 days after that. So I would consider that as part of their course of therapy. Uh, and because they're immunocompromised, um, they're requiring that, that third dose. So they really need that third dose to kind of reinforce that and give them as much protection as possible uh, against the coronavirus. Because once again, these immunocompromised patients, uh, in the event they do get COVID, tend to have poorer outcomes than, than healthier patients. So giving them that third dose really gives them some better protection than the first two doses. But, you know, just because they're getting a third dose doesn't mean that they have better coverage than a healthier patient. Most of the studies are saying that they still don't uh, have full coverage as a healthy person would with two doses. So once again, it's important that they maintain those precautions like the masks and the social distancing and really try to um, associate themselves with other vaccinated people just to reduce the chance of getting COVID. Right. So the third shot then would be a great, um, a great boost, not a booster, but a great boost for people's confidence and everything else. But when can immunocompromised people get that third dose? Um, so they can get that today. Um, so the wow. emergency use authorization was amended. Um, there's clear definitions in terms of who could be receiving this. So today you can get your third dose if you qualify at any place that currently has uh, vaccines. Because the other thing to keep in mind is that third dose is identical to the first two doses that you received. So 
anywhere that has uh, vaccinations should be able to provide you that third dose if you meet the criteria of that population. Yeah, I think that's something that, that a lot of people maybe don't understand that when they got their first dose, it was the same as the second dose. It wasn't, you know, uh, shot A and then you got shot B that makes a combination. They're the same thing. It just boosts the immunity. Yes, absolutely. So it's the same dose for all three uh, shots that you receive from each of the different particular manufacturers. And once again, it's just introducing that uh, that foreign body back into your body a few times to reinforce uh, the antibodies and, and the way your body needs to fight it in the event that the, they get the coronavirus uh, into the system. What do you do? Do you do you talk to your doctor or is it somebody who maybe got the vaccine early on that's more eligible for it now? So there are a couple of different um, patient populations that fit within this immunocompromised uh, definition. So first and foremost, it's uh, cancer patients. So patients that um, have cancer uh, particularly ones that are actively on chemotherapy agents. Uh, those are prime people that should be receiving it. The second group is patients that received an organ transplant. Because when you receive an organ, then you get medications that are immunosuppressive, so you don't reject that organ that you just received. So they're also um, a good candidate in order to receive a third shot. Uh, the third would be um, patients living with HIV, particularly advanced HIV. And then the fourth category is patients that are on like high dose quote unquote steroids or immunosuppressive agents, which may not be able to, um, you know, fight off the, the virus uh, as well. Um, those patients are like autoimmune patients. So like maybe they have rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's and they're on uh, high doses of biologics and other things that, uh, you know, inhibit the, the patient's immune system. If you take a look at uh, patients that were fully vaccinated, and ended up getting breakthrough COVID and getting hospitalized. 44% of that group were immunocompromised. So this was a great culmination of taking a look at the lab values and what the science was telling us, along with what was happening with real-world evidence, where it was um, from that information, they were able to surmise that these patients should receive a third dose. As Northwell's chief pharmacy officer, what was your reaction when you heard a couple of days ago that the FDA amended the emergency use for that third shot? So I was really happy to hear that, right? Because once again, this is a great culmination of looking at in vitro studies, all the studies that the manufacturers are doing, and then couple that with real world evidence of vaccine failure that's occurring today. Because once again, if you take a look at uh, the patients that have that breakthrough uh, COVID, which is people that are fully vaccinated and then get COVID and then were hospitalized, 44% of that population was immunocompromised, where only 2.7% of the population in general is immunocompromised. So once again, small population driving a large percentage of breakthrough COVID hospitalization. So between that real world evidence, plus all of the antibody testing and everything else that supported it, I was glad to see that they took all that information and then they amended the EUA to give that population additional coverage and support. They approached it in a very meaningful manner. And then once again, they're also going to continue to take a look at antibody testing and everything else throughout. So, you know, as we take a look, um, the coronavirus is still fairly new, as, as amazing as that sounds. Um, but we're actively looking at the science. We're actively looking at how patients are reacting to it. And then from there, we're going to make, uh, you know, additional um, recommendations. And that's why I think, you know, it's going to be inevitable that everyone's going to receive a booster over time. 
But once again, we have to continue to follow the science, see what's going out within the communities, looking at the lab values, and then from there, making appropriate recommendations on who should be getting it when, just to make sure that we continue to support uh, and protect the community. Dr. Steffes, what does this look like in your world when something like this happens? So, I mean, obviously we're looking at all the science, right? We're looking at all the studies that come out. We're seeing what's happening within our hospitals and within our communities. Um, so, you know, we're constantly looking at all the vulnerabilities and, and, and what's occurring and starting to prepare for it. I mean, so what happens is the FDA authorized its use. From there, it went to uh, ACIP, which is the advisory committee to the CDC. They voted on it and they were unanimous that they should need to move forward with giving this third dose to immunocompromised patients. From there, the CDC approves it, and then New York State then provides additional um, context surrounding who should be receiving this vaccine. From there, you know, we just make sure that we talk to um, all of our providers. So obviously, in this particular place where you're focused on oncology, transplants, uh, you know, HIV, and providers that are taking care of um, patients with autoimmune diseases like rheumatology and Crohn's, we can talk to those providers. You know, what, what are your thoughts? You know, where should the patients be receiving this? Would you like to keep this within your practices? Should we be sending them to the mass vaccination sites? All of those different pieces go into place. And then we put together communications and we push it out into the community and we make sure that we have vaccine uh, easily available, accessible and equitable out there to make sure that anybody that needs a vaccine has that ability to receive it. So you just mentioned equity. What does that mean? So equity means that uh, the, the vaccine is uh, accessible to everyone that needs it, and it goes to the most vulnerable populations that, that could have uh, the worst outcomes kind of associated uh, with the coronavirus. So we have a health equity task force today, and we're constantly taking a look at the data on, you know, what zip codes are vaccinated, what percentages, what does that, what does that mean? Uh, and then we're making sure that we're going into those communities and offering the vaccine as well as educating patients around the vaccine, because those are two very important things that we need to do. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll work with local leaders within those areas uh, for them to also spread the education and the message out there to make sure that everyone knows where to get vaccinated and why they need to get vaccinated. Yeah. Any negative effects from a patient who's immunocompromised getting that third dose? Um, so um, there has been some studies looking at that as well. And they're saying the side effect profile is very similar to when you got your second dose. So it really shouldn't be very much different from that. So basically how you experienced your second dose is more likely how you're going to experience your third dose. And then the other thing to keep in mind is they recommend that you can get this third dose uh, 28 days after you receive your second dose. So once again, that's how I look at this as more of like a three-dose regimen, where after that third dose, then they're more close to being fully vaccinated as opposed to having that, that second dose. We have the Pfizer and we have the Moderna and they, we have the one Johnson. So can people mix and match or should people go with if they got Pfizer, they should go with Pfizer again? So the recommendation right now from the CDC is to complete the, the regimen with the same vaccine that you got the first time if it was Moderna and Pfizer. So if you got Moderna for the first two, you should get Moderna for the third, and the same thing with the Pfizer. At the current time, there really is no guidance around J&J. The CDC says they'll be sending out statements shortly surrounding what should a J&J &J patient do. But at the present time, they do not advise that they receive one of the other vaccines. Should we be thinking that maybe healthy people too down the road may be getting a third booster shot, or is that something that's still kind of off? 
I honestly think that um, everyone receiving a booster is going to be inevitable. I think everyone's going to require a booster at some particular time. Um, if I had to speculate on what the next populations would be, I would think it would either be the healthcare workers or elderly patients. Those are the two next that I believe that would go ahead and get boosters. But once again, the timing is going to be extremely important, and we're waiting for guidance from the CDC on what that looks like. The reason why I say the uh, healthcare workers is the fact that they were early adopters, right? They had access sure. to the vaccine first. So a lot of them, including myself, now are six months post full vaccination. And there has been studies that show over time the vaccine does decrease in efficacy. So I would think that healthcare workers would be one of the next category. Uh, and elderly as well, for the fact that as, as you get older, uh, your immune system is a little bit weaker as well. Plus, they were one of the first priority groups also to receive the vaccine. So I would think that uh, they would be uh, the, one of the two next categories as well. But once again, there is no timing on when people will be receiving um, their booster shots. Um, and we'll just wait for the CDC to provide some additional recommendations. When we talk about immunity, is that true with other viruses? In certain situations, there are viruses where the vaccine um, you know, decreases over time. Uh, also, between the variants and the mutations surrounding that vaccine, there may be additional enhancements to that vaccine to better cover uh, whatever the current strands are. So it's, it's similar to the flu. I mean, the flu comes out every single year. They make predictions on what uh, the strains are going to be that need to be protected, and then that gets produced. I would think that COVID would be very similar, where periodically they would be assessing, you know, the mutations and the, and the changes in the, in the strands. And then from there, there would be um, additional boosters required. And then, you know, we saw a lot of um, these huge, um, you know, uh, vaccine distribution places or whatever they, where people can go and get vaccinated. Um, those have kind of waned off a little bit. The demand has dropped off. When you see people who are immune compromised now, will they be going to mass vaccination sites? Or do you think this is going to be something that they'll be able to get in their, their doctor's office? Um, so a lot of doctor's offices do have the vaccine today, and more and more of them are receiving it. However, those, vac those mass vaccination sites are also still around. And honestly, if the demand increases with the amount of people that are looking to get vaccinated, I'm sure that they'll start to increase the hours of operation. Uh, but once again, um, Northwell's vaccination sites, for example, at One Marcus is open. Uh, so you can go there if you'd like. Uh, as well as a lot of the, the national chains from retail pharmacies, et cetera, also have access, as well as primary care physicians. So there, there is a good amount of vaccine out there and access points that are available. Um, so if you go online to northwellhealth.edu slash vaccines, you can see a lot of those locations today. Yeah, and I guess the people who are immunocompromised, they should still be taking the precautions. You and me right now, we're wearing masks, we're both vaccinated. Still important. Absolutely. Not only just to wear your mask and keep distance and wash your hands, but also try to surround yourself with vaccinated people as well. It's really important. Yeah. So when we talk about the um, third shot that gives you extra protection uh, where, where a second doesn't, why is the thir third shot? Is it, why does it give you that extra protection? So it's interesting because you'll see immunocompromised patients and some of them will have no antibodies at all after the second shot. Usually on the third shot, uh, you'll get 20 to 30% increase in antibodies. But once again, it still may not be at the same level as a healthy patient. So you still need to maintain those precautions. So we're, we're learning a lot and research is being done. What is the research telling us about 
antibodies in immunocompromised people. Why are some people getting to keep antibodies and some people are losing antibodies? Some people have more protection and some people don't have as much protection. Yeah, great, uh, Rob, that's a great question, right? So um, when you get a vaccine, uh, basically it represents almost like a foreign body within your agent. They identify it as um, not part of the body and then therefore uh, puts together immune response uh, to attack it. Uh, if you're immunosuppressed, whether it's through medications that you're taking or just a weakened immune system, you cannot mount that same immunologic response to the vaccine, and therefore you're going to have less uh, antibodies. Or those antibodies may go away um, a, a little bit quicker. So uh, if you take a look at the studies that have come out, there are certain patients, cancer patients, where there was no antibodies at all. Uh, and then you've had other ones where there is less of a response. So it's basically how strong is your body in building a defense against this this virus or or this vaccine that's that's posing as as a virus. Uh, and uh, if you're weak, then then you have a, a weakened response. Um, getting another dose, uh, it just uh, kind of rem, you know reminds your body of that foreign agent. It builds off of what it did before, and then therefore mounts a stronger response, and therefore will allow you to keep those antibodies for uh, a longer period of time. So, in the event that uh, you do contract the coronavirus, your body can fight it right away. So it doesn't turn into COVID-19. Yeah, I guess which is so important for people who are immunocompromised, people who are going through cancer treatments, the last thing you would want is to get COVID. Absolutely. Because of that weakened immune um, system that they have, they, they tend to have poor outcomes. So they're some of the most vulnerable population that we have against um, COVID-19. So it's really important that they get vaccinated. Uh, and then they get that third dose so they can really maximize their protection. Yeah, you had said earlier that people who have gotten a third dose in studies and um, basically have the same response maybe of, of their second dose, which may be some pain in the shoulder or maybe some, some cold-like symptoms. Has there been anything else to show anything else? Like it does it counteract any type of chemotherapy drug or anything else like that? Or is that it? That's the worst you're going to get. You're going to just feel like a little bit sick for a day. So there is no interaction to counteract any chemotherapy agents or, or anything along those lines. So basically the side effect profile, to your point, is very similar to getting that, that second dose, but will not impact your care, your treatment, for whatever condition is, is causing you to be immunocompromised. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Steffes, we always like to end on a positive note here on 20-Minute Health Talk. So with this third shot being authorized now, what gives you hope? What gives you optimism going forward? What gives me hope and optimism to, is to know that we're actively looking at this on a regular basis. So to the point made earlier, they're looking at the in vitro studies. The manufacturers are putting together additional studies that continue to monitor this. We're looking at real world evidence and we're coming up with solutions. And that's what makes me feel really good about this. I think this is the first of uh, many people that are going to be receiving a third shot or a booster shot and that they'll continue to look at how this virus is uh, interacting with the community. Uh, and from there, we'll uh, continue to make enhancements to make sure that everyone stays safe. Right. And when I hear the word solution, I think of problem being solved. So we're getting closer to solving this problem all around. Yes, I would say that we are getting closer. Um, I think the more and more people that get vaccinated, the closer we are to solving this problem. Absolutely. Awesome. Dr. Onisa Steffes, thank you so much for joining us on 20 Minute Health Talk. And for you, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm Rob Hoyle. Have a great day and stay safe.
Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.